0: It's the Time Machine. Welcome back to Wizards and Unicorns. This is my second day of summer vacation. Uh, Off for a couple weeks from my gig as a teacher. Um, And summer vacation is always, always epic. It's a little different this year because I have been at home for the past three months. Finishing out the school year from the comforts of my bedroom. Which has just been... Uh, super strange, and enlightening, and rewarding, and uncomfortable, and, you know, it's just a quintessentially new experience, but all in all, it was super positive, um, and, you know, that time away from work really allowed me to, like, um, start focusing on this, and start writing some more, and start DJing, and start doing, like, all these things that I really love, um, you know, and... Typically, I'm going at such a fast pace during the school year that the summer is just like really focused on like relaxing by the pool and surfing and CrossFit and all that shit that I love. Uh, but this year, I think I'm, I'm really going to just kind of treat it as, um, as work time for me to really pursue like my creative endeavors that I picked up during quarantine Um, so I'm still gonna really try to like maintain some kind of schedule where I'm like forcing myself to really sit down and and work on the podcast or or sit down and write. I started making a lot of progress on this Monument screenplay and and then like sometime around April it like completely went off the rails but like over the past week I feel like I've been able to like kind of pull it in and I've started to incorporate some elements of like the Lion on Oil origin story and great characters like Muscle Matt and John Langner, <laughs> Matt Langner, who we always teased and called John Langner because quote unquote, he thought he was John Lennon or something. But, <laughs> but yeah, so um second day of summer 2020, weirdest year yet but um but i'm here i'm surviving uh and i got some really really cool new things to work on so there we go welcome to wizards and unicorns this is the time machine I wanna talk about DJing, something I've been doing a lot lately. Uh, DJing is a craft, it's an art form that I hold near and dear to my heart. It's something I've been doing since my sophomore year in college when I first purchased a pair of Stanton turntables off of eBay and uh, started DJing frat parties. That was kinda of where I got my start. I didn't really know what I was doing, I couldn't beat match. Um, didn't know anything about beats per minute. Um, but I just kind of dove into it. I definitely put the cart before the horse, which is something that, um, I've done my entire life, but you know, it kind of worked out. I, you know, I used to hang out at turntable lab in DC, pick up vinyl vinyl singles. Um, after college, I started DJing using digital software. I started using tractor, um, started playing more electronic music. When I became a teacher, I started DJing dances in Newark, uh, started DJing Jersey Club, got nuts into Jersey Club, and, um, and you know, just continued to, to, to build. And I always loved DJing because I felt it was a way to kind of like showcase my taste and things that I thought were cool and it helped me expose other people to things I thought were cool. It was really just like the perfect art form for me. Um, But I gotta say probably within the last five years, it's something that's really kind of like dwindled in my life. And quarantine was like perfect timing for me to bring it back in. So I started DJing like a fiend again during quarantine and um, just getting deep into electronic music, searching for new electronic music making cool playlists. Uh, I was DJing, I, I have been doing DJ sets on Instagram about two nights a week, um, and it's been dope. And I think my, my newest quest is, is I'm trying to like kind of create this new aesthetic, which is a mix of like jam band sounds, you know, like very vibey fish jams mixed with really, really tasteful London bass music. Like, danceable, very cool, organic um, bass music. And I'm trying to really kind of blend those two aesthetics together and create this new thing. You know, because, like, jam band culture, all that shit has never been really, really cool, but it's like having a moment right now. And it's all of a sudden becoming... Uh, a cool kind of thing. You know, the Grateful Dead is like a cool band again and people are wearing Grateful Dead shirts and that kind of scene has been elevated slightly. And I feel like if if you could add like a non-cheesy danceable element to it, it would be nuts. So summer 2020, I'm really trying to to work on that vibe. So tune into my DJ sets. I'm going to be going hard in the paint. This is the time machine. Love y'all. hey it's the time machine here um you know i was raised catholic and ever since i was little i was taught this prayer and it's a prayer to saint anthony that um, you say whenever you lose something and it's a really simple basic little prayer and I've pretty much been saying it my entire life because I'm really forgetful and I lose shit all the time, constantly. And I say this prayer and things miraculously like appear in front of me. This prayer has been working miracles ever since I was a little kid, ever since I can remember. So I say the prayer to St. Anthony. No matter what it is, I generally always find it pretty quickly and it's almost been like an ongoing joke. I had the chance to visit St. Anthony's Shrine in Padua, Italy probably about 15 years ago. My mom always jokes like as soon as I walked into the cathedral like the the sun started pouring in and angels started singing just because I, I really have this connection with this saint and it's been... It's actually, like, like, something comical with Nicole and I because, like, she always gets so mad because it's like I just lose something and I'm like, hold on, wait. I have to go say St. Anthony. <laughs> it's, like really cheesy and stupid, but it, like, totally works. And St. Anthony has fa- helped me find everything from, like, really expensive jewelry to, like, even my dogs. Like, <laughs> long story... But I'll tell another time. Nicole and I left the dogs accidentally, like on this dead-end street where we were doing CrossFit over quarantine. And we left, and we ran a bunch of errands, and we got back to our apartment, and we realized that we had left the dogs on this random street, like miles and miles out in the middle of nowhere. And I immediately said my prayer to St. Anthony, and... We pulled up to the street and the dogs were waiting for us. St. Anthony, y'all. Nicole and I spent Saturday morning watching old rave documentaries on YouTube which was just, like, a nuts vibe in itself. Um, You know, like, just exploring UK club culture from, like, 1984 to 1994 is just so epic. Just an explosion of just, like, this completely new alien style of music done entirely on computers. And, you know, hundreds of kids getting together throwing these illegal parties in, like, these, like, pastoral fields, um, you know, in the British countryside, it's just, I don't know, it's just an exciting, exciting time to think about, um, and one thing that was, like, very cool that kind of stood out about this period of time is all of, like, these, these illegal raves that were set up in these fields all had um like these homemade flyers that were printed out and the flyers were like a mixture of like spiritual new agey um images with like very early computer font and graphics um so it's just like a total interesting mix of of styles and um really beautiful and interesting and striking in their own right and it makes me think back to the monument days when we used to make up our own flyers and even it makes me think back to in high school when I organized like this massive battle of the bands when I was organizing this battle of the bands I put together like this really complex high level marketing campaign that like kind of played on like 90s nostalgia for like Saved by the Bell and shows we used to watch when we were kids. And it was actually like wildly successful. Battle of the Bands was nuts. Uh, I think I'll probably talk more about that in a future episode. But you know, that led to like heavy heavy flyering for Monument. You know, we actually used to go out onto the New York City streets and, and hand out flyers for shows. Uh, there's actual uh, video, video footage of us doing that and um, you know this was just time before social media that's that's kind of how you got the word out and I think there's something really innocent and beautiful about that but uh yeah flyers are epic So I've gotten to this point in in quarantine where um, I'm just strictly watching movies from the Criterion Collection, and what the Criterion Collection is is like a very super pretentious, I guess like publishing house or uh, film distribution company, but they they really only pick films that are very like highbrow, elevated pieces of art or films that have had like a very uh, significant cultural comp- contribution um, my latest criterion collection recommendation can be streamed on HBO Max and this is a movie called In the Mood for Love directed by Wong Kar Wai it's a uh, film director from Hong Kong and Wong Kar Wai was super active in the nineties. He really developed this, this style that was uh, quite revered, emulated by Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was a big fan. Uh, his first film was called *Chung King Express*. His first film that really put him on the map was called *Chung King Express*. And like watching that movie, it almost feels like a, like a prodigy video. Like, it's just super, super 90s, but, like, very artistically done. Uh, Handheld cameras, neon lights. It's a total vibe. Um, In the Mood for Love is, like, a very different kind of movie. Uh, I think it was released in 2001. It's um, a love story about this forbidden romance in 1950s Hong Kong. Um, the first time I had watched this film was in a, a film class in college. And I remember I, uh, wrote an essay on the use of lighting in the film and watching it for a second time now at home in 2020. That's something that was still really, really striking is, you know, uh, color lighting, um, really creates a distinct tone and mood throughout the film um that is really effective um it's a fantastic movie it's a beautiful movie uh it's really slow but it's an easy movie to just get completely wrapped up and absorbed in Um, so again you can stream this on hbo max it's called in the mood for love Uh, Two thumbs up from the time machine.